Rachel family to a faithful God ministry at Vallejo First Great Church. It is truly an honor to be here with you today, whether if you're watching online or if you're listening to us online through Spiritual Tea Podcast, it is truly an honor to be here with you today. I know I speak for myself and Pastor David when I say what amazing blessing that you are here to us at A Faithful God Ministry and Vallejo First Great Church. So with that, let's begin. First and foremost, I want you to know that God loves you. He loves you passionately and faithfully. Amen. Amen. And then let's give God some praise and glory. Let's give him praise and glory for this past week. Because see, no matter how hard the test was this week, no matter how bad the trials were, no matter how hard the news was this week, we made it. We made it. We are here today. We are breathing. God has blessed us. So praise him for his glory and his goodness. Amen. Yes. Amen. It is my pleasure. It is my pleasure to bring you the good news of hope, love and encouragement and faith in God. It is written that the good news does not come to you by word only. No, it comes with power and it comes through the Holy Spirit. Now, I cannot change your current situation. I cannot change your situation. But what I can do and what I'm going to do today is point you to the one who can. Yes, my goal is to bring the light of God into the darkest and the hardest areas on your pathway, on your journey. Because see, what you have to do is you have to turn on the light to get rid of that dark. And that's what we're going to do today. The title of my message today is Not a Hostage, Not a Hostage, and I'll be spilling all the spiritual tea, I'm going to spill all the spiritual tea about not being a hostage to your circumstances, to this world. It's going to be a good one. This is a good one. I'm excited about this one. So with that, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, dear Lord, for another day, for your glory. Thank you for breathing life and light into each and every single one of us. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that gives me the privilege to come to you, come to you here today, boldly today, dear Heavenly Father. God, I recognize there is no better plan in this world than yours. And I pray for your will to be done in all areas of our lives that are empty and depleted. I pray for every person watching and listening right now, wherever they are, that you meet them where they are to experience you. Fill their lives, fill their hearts and their minds with you and your love. I pray that you cover the message today for it is your truth. Cover it with your light and grace. You are a supernatural God doing supernatural things in this world. And I pray that you use me, use us in a supernatural way to feel your presence today. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. All in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So I want to I want to start off by sharing a short, funny story with you, a short, funny story with you. I heard a story about a lady one time who didn't have any food in her house. She was very poor, but see, she had great faith. And so she went outside one day and she was singing and she was praising and she worshiping God. But see, she had a a neighbor who was an atheist. He hated God and he hated the idea that she had of God. So her atheist neighbor thought this would be a good opportunity to prove to her that God did not exist. So he went to the grocery store and he brought three bags of groceries and he dropped them off on her doorstep and he knocked on the door and he went and hid and watched. He went and hid and watched what her reaction would be when she saw the groceries. And so she opened the door and she saw the groceries and she got happy and she was like, God did it. God did it over and over. She just kept saying, God did it. God did it. 
And about the 75th time of saying, God did it, God did it, the neighbor couldn't take it anymore. He couldn't take it anymore. Came out of his hiding spot and he ran over and he got in her face and he said, God didn't buy the groceries. I brought the groceries. And so she stopped and she looked. She looked at him and she continued to say, God did it, God did it, God did it. He did it. And so the neighbor said, no, no, no. God didn't buy you the groceries because God doesn't exist. I brought the groceries and here's the receipt. And so she looked at the receipt and then she looked back at him and she took a moment and she said, God did it. And he made the devil pay for it. <laughs> I crack myself up all the time. Okay. So currently, currently as we stand in this world, Currently, as we stand in this world, so many of us are being held hostage in some way. Correct? Correct. See, we're feeling like we are we're stuck in this current situation. Like we feel like we're being stuck in our in our current situation, in our in our circumstances. So imagine with me. Imagine with me for a moment. If you as a remember, as a reminder, I have a very vivid imagination. So just imagine with me for a moment. So imagine with me. Our life. Our journey is like a moving car. And at the moment, at, not at the moment, but at one moment, at one moment, we're preparing for a journey through our life. We're preparing for a journey through our life. Now, remember, this is our imagination, right? We're in a car and the car is like, like our journey of our life, right? So at one moment, we're preparing for a journey through our life, right? We're preparing, we're packing up on our faith. God's word. We're all set to go out on that road, start the journey, start our process and our journey. And see, majority of the time, our road is smooth. Our road is smooth. It's smooth. But at some points, just like in a real car, a real highway, at some points we hit a pot road, a pothole, a pothole in the road, a pothole in the road. And see, those potholes that we hit those are, are the trials. Those are, are the trials, the circumstances, the hardships. And some of the potholes are minor. Some of them are minor and can cause a slight delay. It just causes us a slight delay in our journey. But some potholes are deep. Some are deep. Some are big. Some are big and deep. And what it does, it, it jacks up our car and then it jacks up our journey. And see, that's when we need to take a moment and we need to pull over and we need to just take a moment and change our focus, change our direction of what we're, what we're going to do. How are we going to fix our car? How are we going to continue on our journey? Correct? Correct. But then there are times when our journey is smooth with minor potholes and then a catastrophic event happens on our journey that causes us to come to a complete halt, a complete halt. Have you ever been on the freeway? Have you ever been on the freeway? And something happens on the freeway while you're driving on the freeway and all lanes are closed while you're on the freeway, while you're on the freeway and you end up sitting on the freeway for hours. Has that ever happened to you? Did you ever have to use the bathroom when that ever happened? Luckily, no, huh? That would just messed up. But anyway, but so and you're just sitting on there for hours. You're sitting on the freeway for hours, right? See, this is what each and every single person right now is going through. This is what we're going through in some way, shape or form or another in our lives. This is what we're going through. 
right? This is what we're going through. A catastrophic event occurred on all of our journeys, on your journey, on all of our journeys, which caused the whole highway to shut down. It caused our whole highway to shut, shut down, causing us to make a sudden halt in our lives, a sudden stop in our lives. Now it feels like we are held, we are captive. We are being held captive in our living quarters to dwell on the repairs of our circumstances that, that was caused by an event that was technically out of our control. Technically out of our control. So again, the title of my message is called Not a Hostage. Not a hostage. We may feel like we're being held captive right now, that we are being held hostage by worldly and individual circumstances. But see, we're not a hostage. You're not a hostage. We're not a hostage. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share a scripture from Philippians chapter one, verses 12 through 18. And see, if you're if you are ever struggling, which if you're ever feeling if you're ever struggling with feeling captive, feeling stuck or discouraged or unmotivated. Apostle Paul shares two dynamics, two dynamics of faith in the passage that will bring freedom that can break chains for you that can break chains for you. And so that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna break chains today. That's our goal, to break chains. And so in the scripture, Apostle Paul is, is writing to a church. He's writing to a church that he started many years earlier and that he loves, he loves. So it says in the following, it says, it says the following in Philippians chapter one, verses 12 through 18. It says, and this is Paul writing a letter. It says, and I want you to know my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I have been anointed, appointed, I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my, pain, my chains more painful to me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. So Paul, so Paul in this, in this stage of his life, he's, he's reached, he's reached a level of growth. And he's at that point, like he no longer cares what people think about him. He no longer cares. And he's speaking in an unfiltered way, in an unfiltered way. See, because see what you got to understand is by this time in his life, he's experienced, he's experienced, he's more seasoned with, seasoned with life. And see, many scholars refer to this book, to the book of Philippians, being the happiest book in the Bible, being the happiest book in the Bible. And Paul's writing it from a jail cell. He's writing it from a prison cell. But as, as many scholars have said that it's the happiest book of the Bible, meaning that Paul knows something. He knows something. He knew something. He knows something about the kind of faith that is not dependent upon your circumstances. That's not dependent on your circumstances. So... If you notice, if you notice in verse 12, he starts off to say, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. 
Paul is saying that everything that he has been through, everything that he has been through, all the opposition that he's faced has given him purpose to do God's work, purpose to do God's work. But if you notice, if you notice, he doesn't say about anything. He doesn't talk about anything that actually happened to him. Right. And that's confusing because he gives no detail about his current living conditions. He gives no expectation of when he might get out and that when they might see him again. Paul is Paul is the one who is carrying the message in a unique way that only he can. And while he's in prison, he feels the gospel isn't going out with the same velocity that was needed. That was needed. See, the same. This is the same. This is the same for so many churches and ministries and pastors at this moment. Where the churches are being held hostage, the churches are being held hostage, hostage, and the gospel isn't going out with any velocity. And the same is with our situations. It's the same with our situations and our circumstances that are holding us hostage. That's holding you hostage at this moment. And you feel like God isn't involved with any velocity, with any velocity. But we need to listen to Paul because, see, what Paul does is he says, actually, actually. And see, actually is an interesting word because what Paul says is what has happened to me has actually served serve to advance the gospel. And the word that he uses for advance here isn't a word that means to move along easily, to move along easily. Like we often expect that the will of God will do in our lives. That it'll just move us along easily, right? He doesn't use it in that form. He, it's the word that means to move forward, to move forward and to make progress in spite of severe opposition, severe opposition. Basically, basically what he's saying, what Paul is saying is I could go on all day. I can go on all day. I could spend a whole letter telling you about what has happened to me, giving you events. Right. Giving you events. Or what I could do is spend the rest of this letter telling you how what has happened to me is moving the purpose of God forward. Is moving the purpose of God forward. He's saying, I would rather focus on what is God doing through me than what is actually happening to me. Make sense? I'm going to say it one more time. Paul is focusing on what God is doing through him than what is actually happening to him. See, okay, see, understand. Understand, many of us, what we do is we pray. We pray around God changing our circumstance, about about God changing our situation. But see, sometimes, sometimes God is more interested in changing you than changing your circumstance, than changing your situation. Sometimes God is more interested in changing you than changing your actual circumstance that you're praying about. Amen. Amen. So look at Paul. Look at Paul. Look at Paul. He's like, it would be great. It would be great, great to be get to get out of this, this, this prison. Right. I'm sure that's what he's like. It'll be great to get out of this prison, to get out of this jail, to get out of this prison. But while I'm here, while I'm here, God has something for me to do. God has something for me to do. And what this does is this requires faith. This requires faith. What's going on? This requires faith. This requires faith to look out what you're going through and know that it's about more than what you are feeling in that moment. 
it's way more than what you're feeling at that moment. See, sometimes what God will do, sometimes what God will do, he will use the same situations that we pray to go away. He will use the same situations that we pray to go away to do things that only can be done in situations that we would normally not choose to be in. Are you still with me? So Paul said, Paul said, actually, actually, and see, it's an interesting translation, isn't it? Because he says, he says, I'm in chains. I'm in chains for Christ. I know it looks like I'm chained to these guards, but actually these guards are chained, chained to me. See, the chains goes both ways. That's what Paul is saying. He's like, I've been preaching in this prison. I've been preaching in this prison. You don't need to worry about me because while I'm here, I'm doing work here. I'm doing work here. I'm serving God and I'm doing his works. Through my faith, I see and understand my purpose. That's what Paul is saying. That's, that's what Paul is saying. Now, can you say the same thing about your situation? Can you say the same thing about your situation that you're stuck in today, that you're, that you're stuck in today, that you are being hostage, into, hostage to today? Can you say the same thing? Or are you busy praying to God to get you out of the situation, to get you out of the situation? God, I need a new job. God, I need life. Are you so busy praying, asking God to, to get you out of the situation that you miss the fact that God is trying to get, that God is trying to get in? He's trying to get in. He's trying to get into your pain. He's trying to get into your weakness. He's trying to get into your loneliness. He's trying to get into your faithfulness, right? Correct? Correct. So Paul continues to say in verse 16, he continues to say, the latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. Notice that Paul said, I am put here. I am put here. Another word for put is placed or position, placed or position. So basically, Paul is saying, I'm not I'm put here, not by Caesar, not by the people who were thrown in this prison for preaching. I'm put here. I'm placed here. I'm not a hostage. I'm placed here. I'm placed here. I'm placed here. See. You are not a hostage. You're not a hostage to how you feel. You're not a hostage to what you think that you need to understand, to trust God. You are not a hostage to your circumstances. You were placed. You were placed right here. You were placed. You were placed here for a purpose, for a purpose. You were placed here to do great things, to do great works, to do God's works. And only then when you realize who you serve, which is the most high God, the true high God, will your chains break. Only then will you be free. Only then will you be free. See, Paul is telling us is that we were put here. We were placed here for the defense of the gospel, for the defense of the gospel, for the defense of God, for the defense of the gospel to protect and to support, to support the gospel, the good word, the gospel against attacks, against attacks. How do you expect the gospel to do works? The same gospel to do works in your life if you are not protecting or defending it. If you're not protecting it or defending it, how do you expect for the gospel, for the good word, for God to do works in your life? Our situations, our situations 
right now may have been at the hands and actions of people. But this is all, this is one thing. This is one thing you got to understand. This is one thing you got to understand and learn about God and know. Even if people mean it for evil, even if people mean it for evil, God will use it for good. So you are not a hostage. You are not a hostage. You are not a hostage. In verse 18, Paul says, but that doesn't matter. But that does that doesn't matter. Matter. What whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. And in 17, let's go back. Let's roll back for a second. And in 17, Paul, what Paul does is he tells how the selfish ambitions of others are not of God, not for God. Their actions are intended to tighten the chains around them, to make it more painful. But it doesn't matter. Paul's saying it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because God is so much more powerful. He's so much more powerful than the selfish ambitions and the illicit intentions of others in this world. That's what Paul is saying. That's what Paul is saying. By focusing your spirit on your faithfulness and having a dynamic faith like Paul, your current situation cannot bound you because this focus will give you the peace and the joy you need. And that peace and the joy is the key to break the chains, to break the chains, right? To break the chains. In fact, in fact, Paul takes it a step further. He takes it a step further and he says, I am not a hostage. I'm not a hostage to what I feel. I'm not a hostage to what I expected because I'm committed to God's purpose. I am committed to God's purpose. He is saying I am loyal to God's purpose for my life, for my life. See, what happens is, is some of us, some of us cannot receive what God is doing in our lives. We can't receive what God is doing in our lives because we are too fixated, too fixated to our expectations of what we want God to do in our lives. I'm going to say that one more time. Some of us cannot receive what God is doing in our lives because we are too fixated to our expectations of what we want God to do in our lives. See, I've all, I always go through this. Every time I talk about a want and a need. Remember, there's a difference between want and need. A want is a desire. It's a desire and it can always follow up with pain and hurt. A need is sustainability. It's sustainability. When your mind is being held captive, when your mind is being held captive, God is always going to give you what you need to sustain you, to strengthen you. Amen? Amen. So, in 1985, Terry Anderson was living and working in Lebanon as a chief Mideast correspondent for the Associated Press. And he had just finished the game of tennis when he was abducted right off the street. He was thrown into a trunk of a car and he was shuttled away to a secret location where he was held hostage for the next six, six years and nine months. He became the longest held of several Americans taken captive by a group of radical Muslim militants in an attempt to drive U.S. military forces from Lebanon during their long and bloody civil war. And so this long captivity gave Mr. Anderson ample time for some serious soul searching, concluding that he was not the person he wanted to be. He promised God that if given another chance, he will do better. He told God, I'll go to church, I'll give to the poor, spend my life on good causes, I'll read the Bible, 
try to understand what's being asked of me. And in all of his soul searching, God used his captivity to bring him to a greater faith and a renewed life in Christ. He goes on to say, I used to drink too much, no more alcohol. I used to chase women, no more women. I'm arrogant. What better than to put me in the hands of arrogant, uncaring young men? I've been careless of others' feelings. These people give not one tiny thought to mine. I've been a distant believer most of my life. My only comforts here are the Bible and my prayers. See, sometimes the place where we least want to be, sometimes the place where we least want to be is the place where we most need to be. Where we need to be the most. Where we need to be the most. It's uncomfortable. It's, it's, see, Understand, it's in the uncomfortable places. It's in the uncomfortable places where God becomes real, where he becomes real to us. Where he becomes real to us. And these are the experiences that God uses. He uses those experiences and those circumstances to refine and reshape us as he wants us to be. As he wants us to be, to do his works, to do his works. So again, again, you may, feel, you may feel like you're being hostage. You're being held hostage by worldly circumstances, hostage to your expectations of God in your life, hostage to do works in this world, hostage to do to, to the word of local agencies and government. But you are not a hostage. You are not a hostage. You are not a hostage to how you feel. You are not a hostage to what you need to understand to trust God. You're not a hostage to that. You're not a hostage to your circumstances. No, you were placed. You were put. You were placed. You were put here for a purpose, for a purpose to serve God, to serve God. You are a weapon. You are a weapon formed in the hands of God, formed in the hands of God, aimed, aimed at the darkness and created to do good works in Christ Jesus. See, only then, only then when you realize who you serve, who you serve, which is the most high God, will your chains break? Will them, will the chains break? Only then will you be free. Only then will you be free. Amen. Amen. So with that, let's come to a close and let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that in this moment that you would come into whatever prison, whatever cell, whatever situation, whatever limitation and use it for your glory. We ask today that by the power of your word, you would encourage your church here. God, I can only imagine in all the different parts of the world, all the different scenarios and all the different levels of pain and complications people have experienced. We thank you for, for your God who encourages us. Fill us with your spirit so we can follow you and live for you. Give us your purpose that we can live and glorify you every single day. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Be with us. Cover us this week. Give us the strength, the patience, and the guidance. 
We commit our spirit into your hands. We pray that you fill our mind, our hearts, and our thoughts until there's none of us and only all of you. We believe that you will move in a mighty way in our lives. We thank you in advance for the way that you will move us over the next week. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So with that, let's come to a close. Let's come to a close. Thank you again. Thank you again for joining me today and listening to my message. A quick reminder, a quick reminder about Vallejo First Grade Church Sunday service tomorrow at 930 online at a Faithful God Ministries website. Please be sure to watch it. It's a powerful message. This week, this week, this week, God is going to move mighty in your life. He is because, see, you have God's unconditional love, unconditional love. He's going to carry you and anything that touches you. Amen. Amen. So with that, my friends, you've heard the good news today. We hope that in some way, shape or form, you felt his presence in your life here today. And if so, all I ask is that you share it with at least five people, with five people. And with that, many blessings.